What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked In Sports Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me for this national championship preview is Mr. Joe Sieben. Joe, we finally made it. National championship game is this coming Monday. How you doing? Not too bad. It feels like, you know, some people might call it a homer podcast because, you know, you're on Michigan. I've been on them all year, but it's from a betting standpoint. They haven't disappointed. This is what they wanted all season, all the turmoil off the field and suspensions and hard by, and they just kept winning. And here they are in the national championship against probably not who most people picked to make it this far, but the Washington Huskies, an underdog story, uh, been underdogs now their third straight game here. Um, they're undefeated. Michael Penix playing the best ball of his life, throwing things on the frozen rope and pretty fun matchup. Number one versus number two. We're going to have an undefeated champion and can't ask for anything more in my opinion. Yeah, no, sh- shapes up to be an absolute classic matchup. We're going to preview all the major storylines, all of the major matchups to watch, uh, kind of similar to what we did for, for the playoff semifinal games. Uh, then we'll give, of course, our predictions against the spread. Money line over under some props uh, for you guys as well. We're, we're previewing this game from all angles um, and obviously very excited to, to watch this game unfold. Next Monday, January 8th, 7.30 Eastern on ESPN. Uh, they got the A-team, Herbie, Fowler, Holly Rowe, Molly McGrath, and it's in NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. The line currently stands at Michigan minus four and a half. Uh, that is where the line opened. That is where it is at the moment. Uh, over under is 55 and a half. And Michigan money line is minus 185. Washington money line is plus 154. Biggest storyline for me, and we can get into the storylines now. Biggest storyline for me in this game is Washington's winning ability. We've talked about it all season long. They just know how to win football games. They kind of feel like a team of destiny versus. Michigan, all the baggage that's come with that team this year, it feels like everything in the Harbaugh era has led to this point. You have, you know, all of the NFL distractions year after year after year. You have all of these seniors from Michigan coming back to for this game to play in this football game. You have Blake Corum, Michigan legend. You have Mikey Sanders, still Michigan legend. JJ McCarthy, Michigan legend. This is a legendary Michigan team, obviously. Uh, and you've dominated the Big Ten for the past three years. You finally get over the hump in the playoff against the SEC champion Alabama Crimson Tide. And you just, it, Michigan has everything in Michigan football has led to this moment. And, you know, there could be a world in which Harbaugh leaves after this game if they win and JJ leaves if the, after this game if they win. Um, not that Michigan isn't suited, you know, well suited to win in the future, but it just feels like all of this is leading to this game for Michigan and Washington is kind of the team of destiny and they've, they've played in that underdog role all year and they've thrived on it uh, and they have a world-class quarterback and a great coach. Um, and, and it just feels like a clash of Titans, even if it's not SEC on SEC, it feels like a clash of Titans. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's leading to this this mountaintop of Michigan just climbing all season, waiting to get back to the playoff, to win the playoff, the Rose Bowl, knocking off Saban and Alabama and the SEC, and here they are against all odds, America's team, and Har- as Harbaugh calls it, they're in the national championship. And you know, a guy like Blake Corum, the heart and soul of this team, you know, from an outsider's viewpoint, he just wants it so bad. This team, a lot of guys stuck around for this year. 
just a veteran group. Um, they've been through so much. Eyes focused on, on getting to this game, this January 8th game, this national championship, and a chance to be champions. And then from the Washington side, just a team that we don't really play into anything in the national storylines or media attention, you know, up in the, the Pacific Northwest. They just played their ball. Kalen DeBoer, you know, rising through the ranks, getting to Washington, panics through the injuries um, and through this season. It doesn't matter to them what people think, what people say, the betting lines, anything. They just find a way to win. They want to be in this spot. They're going to let it all fly. And, you know, it's going to be on panics to, to be lights out uh, to win this ball game. But who's to say they can? I, th- I think people, there's no reason to count them out at this point. They, they, they're undefeated. They've beaten teams all season long, and, and they get to this point. So I'm almost a little annoyed that it's four and a half as the line. Mm-hmm. It's like, it should be more of a pick to me because they just keep getting discredited. And, and they're not getting the respect that they deserve. They, they absolutely thrive in the underdog role. They would rather be a four and a half point mm-hmm. underdog than, than a one point underdog or even a pick type situation. They, they want to feel disrespected. Uh, and they have arguably the best quarterback in the country, which is a scary thought from a Michigan fan perspective. Um, so it's a great Washington team. Um, I don't know where they'll be next year because Penix is going to be gone. Uh, obviously you have the status of Dylan Johnson, their running back. Um, and we can talk about the, that as we get into the matchups later on, but, he did get hurt in that uh, in that Texas game. Will he play? I think that's a huge storyline to follow. Um, another storyline. I mean, this is a future Big Ten matchup next year. These teams play each other in in a conference game in Seattle on October fifth. Um, they played last year, or sorry, not last year. They played in twenty twenty one. I was at the game in the Big House uh, week two. Washington was coming off a, a loss to Montana. Uh, Michigan obviously uh, went on to to win that game thirty one ten to make the playoff that year, but. If you're if you told me at that game on I think it was September 11th, 2021, if you told me on that game that that matchup Michigan Washington would be a national championship game just 2 years later, there's no chance I would have believed you. Uh, so just pretty pretty impressive to see both these teams playing for an Addy 2 years later um in in what will be a, a Big 10 conference game next season. Yeah, I mean Pac-12, <laughs> you know, there's that meme of like, you know, finally making it the, the national championship and it says, what did it cost you? And it's everything. It's, it's <laughs> Literally it. everything. But, you know, they did it. Washington ran the table. They got there. And, you know, in theory, after this game, they'll be shipping off of the Big Ten. And Michigan, you know, a little strained relationship with the Big Ten Conference. But mm-hmm. yeah, to your point, you know, two Big Ten teams, you know, come a few months from now um, as they will be. And it'll be a cool matchup next year when they play, you know, up at Washington and Seattle. Um, you know, early in the season, middle of the season. So some cool matchups coming next year. But again, I've said it for all the games. I love that the uniforms are different, different colors, different matchup. Uh, Michigan, Washington, like just like you said two years ago, you never would have thought. So mm-hmm. love that it's a little bit different. Um, bring some new, some new life to the playoff, and Michigan gets over the hump to make it there finally. And and Washington comes kind of comes out of nowhere to to get to this spot here in the national championship. Yep, Michigan leads the all-time matchup eight to five. Last time they played was in twenty twenty-one. They actually played in in back-to-back Rose Bowls, nineteen ninety-two and nineteen ninety-three. Washington won in ninety-two, and Michigan won in ninety-three. Like Herbie said, this game would have been cooler to see see it played in the Rose Bowl instead. It's in an NFL stadium, which doesn't have the the, the prestige that the Rose Bowl does, but still will have the everything that comes with a national championship game. Uh, you know, another storyline: national championship air quotes droughts neither of these teams have have won an outright natty neither of them have played in an outright or in a national championship game 
Washington's last natty was in 1991. They have two all time and, and Michigan's last title was in 93, 11 all time. So I think it's, it's cool to see a bit of like a, a fresh matchup in the national championship. You know, you get the ICC champion eliminated in the semifinal and it's not a Georgia, Alabama uh, national championship, which is still fun because of all of the talent that's on the field. And they, those teams have given us great matchups, but it's just cool to see finally a big 10 team back in the, in the national championship and, and, and a Pac-12 team back in the national championship. And we'll have a team that has not won this thing, you know, in quite some time for in our lifetime. So it, it, we're going to have like a, a, you know, it's going to feel like a fresh kind of new champion in college football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, Michigan has been great these last few years, but they're still just coming up a little bit short each year and, and just couldn't get it done. So, you know, it's been decades for them to reach the, the national championship, you know, that echelon of the game. For Washington, it's been even longer. So really cool to see them in this one. It's just a cooler matchup, um, you know, not having the SEC and, and, and Georgia for all their dominance um, and, and the talent there. But it is cool to see, you know, two teams, someone's going to be undefeated, um, run the table the entire season here and, and end, you know, the drought or, or whatever you want to call it. So I'm excited that, that, that it's this matchup. And again, the committee, for all the debate throughout the year, you know, ended up with a, a pretty good game here. Yeah, an absolutely classic matchup, I think. Two two great schools, uh, two great brands, uh, and it would be a really fun game to watch. I think the ratings will be great, um, <clears throat> of course, for this game. I think it's interesting to note, and something that I realized, the first four-team college football playoff, Ohio State won. They beat the SEC champion Alabama in the semifinal and then beat the Pac-12 champion Oregon in the, in the national championship. Last college football playoff, four-team edition, Michigan beat SEC champion Alabama in the semifinal and is now playing the Pac-12 champion in the final. So just, a, you know, a bit of a, you know, kind of mirror image there. Um, just something to note. I don't know. I mean, not that 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 means Michigan's going to pull it out, but just something I noticed. Uh, and then another storyline for me is, is Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix versus Michigan round two. Obviously, DeBoer is now the Washington head coach, but he was the OC and QB coach back in Indiana when Michael Penix was there in 2019. They did lose the 2019 matchup when DeBoer had his chance against Michigan, 39-14. But Penix, in that 2020 season when he was special, towards Michigan. And it was a really bad year for Michigan. They went 2-4. and four, But uh, Indiana beat Michigan 38-21 that year uh, with, with Penix at the helm, kind of when Penix put himself on the map. Um, and, and again, we talk about Penix, and, and it just feels like you know everything that he's gone through, all the injuries, the transfer uh, following DeBoer to Washington – um, it's, it's the peak of his career for sure before he heads into the NFL. So I think just storyline wise, the, the main thing from Washington is, is just kind of Penix's transcendent season and his rise to really the top of the college football map. Yeah. I mean, small note that IU 2020 COVID season will live in infamy. I mean, what <laughs> a year, what a year, but I think it showed that after he left, you know, he was, he was the big part of, of why they were so good that year. And just battling injuries, you know, shoulder, ACLs. You know, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. The talent's always been there, but it's been staying on the field, staying healthy. And he's done that the past couple of years. And here they, here they are, man. It's, it's that transcendent talent of how high can this guy go? Like, how mm-hmm. far? Like, he's been so good this year. Like you said, um, you know, almost should have been the Heisman. You said in the other podcast, like, you almost remember it more as a Penix year than anything else of leading Washington to the mountaintop here. And, can he get? Can he do it one more time? And and where does he go in the draft after he leaves? But yeah, just so much on his shoulders. But he's just cool, calm, collected. He's right to roll. I mean, this this guy just loves nothing more than, than going out and balling out. So we'll see if there's anything about the bright lights for DeBoer or Penix or anybody in Washington. 
feel like Michigan's been a lot of, you know, big games this season, you know, the past few years. So um, that there, but it'll be cool for DeBoer to get up there and a, a younger coach, Penix and Michigan, who's just been knocking on the door for the last few years, finally get their knock and, and their crack in the national championship. Yeah, it's, it's really all roads have led to this moment for both teams, um, for Penix and, and for all of the Michigan roster. So those are kind of some of the big storylines heading into this game. Let's get into the X's and O's, some of the matchups that we're going to be watching. And I, I think the biggest one, and I think you have to talk about it, is and we saw what Washington did in the air against Texas. It's Washington's elite passing attack, best passing attack in the country uh, against a, a really good Michigan secondary, an elite Michigan secondary, I would say, and an elite Michigan front seven, uh, an elite Michigan defense. You know, we talk about key guys that stand out in games. You had Penix in the Sugar Bowl. And if you wanted to highlight someone for Michigan in, in the Rose Bowl, it's kind of hard, especially defensively. You kind of just give the player of the game, and I know Mason Graham won player of the game defensively, but you kind of just give it to the whole defense. Uh, and I think Wash, or sorry, I think Michigan is, is a much better defense and certainly a much better secondary than what Washington faced against Texas uh, in, in the Sugar Bowl. Michigan, Michigan's defense ranks second in passing yards in the country, uh, and they rank sixth in rushing yards in the country, fourth in yards per play, um, and, and 15th in turnovers. Uh, so they do a really good job uh, on defense in all phases of the football. And, and like I said, they can throw so many guys out there. I've said it all year. Uh, but for me, that is the single biggest storyline is, is, or sorry, matchup is, is Washington's passing attack against an elite Michigan secondary. I think Michigan's defense is going to be more of a bend don't break type defense against uh, against Penix and these wide receivers, but I also think the way Michigan constructs their defense is to beat teams like Ohio State, which have elite passing attacks like this. 2021-2022 CJ Stroud, Ohio State era teams. Um Michigan's defense is kind of tailored to play against teams like Washington. Yeah, I mean Here's the thing. You you can't shut down Penix. You can just only hope to slow him down. So he's going to find time. He's going to find space. These It's three-headed monster, Polk, McMillan, and, and Odunze. I mean, they're unbelievable. So they're going to find mismatches with, with a top three like that. They're, they're, they're going to find moments and touchdowns. It's going to happen. Now, the difference is we talked about Texas, and they're one step behind that whole game and still had a chance to win. This is this margin of error for Washington and Penix got even smaller as well as they played. It's even smaller against a better defense. So with all the secondary, Michigan's going to find, you know, how can you disguise coverage? Can you try to trick Penix, get that back-breaking interception, you know, you know, short of the offense, the momentum. And then it's also, talked about last podcast, about Texas couldn't get to Penix. They couldn't get pressure. Can Michigan neutralize first off the Washington running game? We'll talk about Dylan Johnson if he can go. But can you get pressure on Penix? Can you force him outside the pocket? Can you get that timely sack? It's going to be those differences will swing the game, not only on possessions, mm-hmm. um, momentum, but that, that could be the difference is, hey, Penix will find time, but can you just slow him down? Can you get him out of his rhythm? Can you somehow disrupt and, and, and disguise things? And he's a veteran guy, so he knows what he's doing, but his Michigan secondary is nothing to play around with. And if these guys up front can get pressure, um, you know, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be the betting favorite. Yeah, I think Will Johnson, Michigan's QB CB one, would be a first round pick at corner if if he was able to to declare this year. He's a, he's a sophomore, a true sophomore, so he can't. But 
yeah, he he's great in the secondary. You got Mikey Sanders still. You got Rod Moore and McCarty Page, Josh Wallace as well at corner. Just a great secondary that did a great job of limiting an SEC passing attack against Alabama. And then you have the front. I mean, the front is – they have so many guys. I talk about all the time. Brain McGregor, Mason Graham, Chris Jenkins, Jalen Harrell, linebackers, Junior Colson, Michael Barrett, Ernest Hossman in 2D, uh, Rayshon Benny, Kenneth Grant, uh, Derek Moore, uh, even Cam Goody who played a, a lot against Alabama. Like they're so deep. Uh, TJ Guy, Josiah Stewart in 2D. He had a huge play against, uh, against Proctor in the last play of the game. This is the best defense that Michigan's had in my lifetime. It's the best defense that Washington's gonna gonna face this year. And and Jesse Minner, the the DC, does such a good job of disguised blitz packages, throwing exotic looks in in, in the secondary. You know, we had um we had Marvin Harrison Jr. saying that Michigan threw looks that he's never seen at him, uh, coverage looks, uh, in that game against Ohio State this year. So I think Michigan's assistants are just so good. And they really do a good job of supporting Harbaugh. That I think they're gonna they're gonna throw just a, a really interesting scheme and, and look against Penix that he has not seen all year. So I think that's going to be a really fascinating uh, a dynamic of this game. And um, I also think Washington is gonna is going to have to run the football if they want to have a chance at winning this game. Um, we talked about how their tackles are their strongest, so the offensive line and the guards are are, are good but weaker. Uh, you know. Texas was able to generate pressure on that interior line. I think Michigan will be able to as well. Um, we saw we saw Alabama try to make Milrow a passer, and it didn't work. Obviously, totally different quarterback in Penix. But if if Washington isn't able to establish any type of a run game and they're truly one-dimensional, Penix has to th- throw the football 40 to 50 times. I'm not sure if that's if that what if that's the kind of football game that Washington is going to want to play. I think they're going to have to establish some semblance of a running game. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for this matchup. I think it's the best defense Washington has played. On the flip side, the best offense that Michigan has played. So just so fun to put these two elite sides of the ball pitted against each other. And to your point, they got to establish some sort of a running game. Dylan Johnson, recording this on Wednesday, it's looking like he's trending towards playing, but he won't be 100%, and he's their go-to running back. They haven't had the best, you know, rushing attack all year. They haven't had to with Pennington playing so well, but... They're going to need to make it so that they've got something else. They can drop a play action. You know, so Michigan can't put so many guys in, in, in deep in coverage. And so that's a big thing of it. Just get something going. At least make it somewhat of a threat. Not like they're going to lean on it, you know, as their game plan. But just make it respectable. So can that O-line stand up to the, the Michigan front seven? And, you know, can Michigan's front seven get pressure, neutralize the run, try to get Penix on a, on a third and long or something, get pressure and, get to him quick is going to be the big thing trying to get sacks tackles for loss um and then for uh for their passing attack it's those guys you know what matchups do they drop where they get Odunze in space or McMillan you know those guys finding the right matchups against an elite Michigan secondary so it's it's going to be super fun to watch this great offense go grow up against a great defense yeah and I think there's a lot of great coaches on, on both sides uh, of this matchup that um schemes and and what both teams throw at each other will be really interesting. I think it's going to be a, a, a chess match. Uh, and, and then if you want to flip the side of the ball and go to the Michigan offense against the Washington defense, Washington's defense is their weakness. You know, we saw Texas running the football for four five, six yards per carry uh, against this Washington defense. And, and, you know, obviously the rushing attack is the strength of, uh, of this Michigan offense. They dominated 
dominated the line of scrimmage against Alabama. Um, and I mean, you know, hats off to Washington's defense. They're not Alabama. You know, it's, it's the weakest unit in this playoff. Uh, they rank 122nd in passing yards allowed and, and 41st in rushing yards allowed. So Michigan, I think, is going to be able to move the football more than they were against Alabama. You know, they scored 27 points against Alabama. I don't think 27 points is going to win this football game for Michigan. I think they're going to have to score 34 plus points if they want to beat Washington because Washington is going to be able to score. But this isn't this isn't even close to the the most difficult defense Ohio or Michigan's played this year. I mean, you go like, like Penn State was a really tough matchup, fully healthy Penn State, Ohio State elite defense, Iowa, elite defense, and then Alabama, another really good defense. This Washington defense is a step down. I don't want to disrespect them because they played really well against Texas, but they still gave up 31 points. So um, I, I think Michigan's offense has has a bit of an edge against this Washington defense heading into this game. I, I, I think they do. Absolutely. I think they got the edge over them and not the best defense they've played all year. Um, I think stick to your game plan. Like draw it up. I think a big thing will be if they can control the line of scrimmage and they control that time of possession, just run that ball, you know, mm-hmm. try to wear down, you know, Washington's used to this more West coast air raid style offense, quick possessions, big plays, almost to Michigan's, you know, strength, Blake Corm, run that ball, get four or five yards, move the chains, a long drive. I think if you can keep Penix and this offense on the sideline, they don't get their mojo. They don't get that momentum and rhythm. Try to disrupt that by just keeping the ball and and, and wearing down this defense somehow and set mm-hmm. up. I mean, we're, we know they're going to have a dominant rushing game. That's what they do. That's what Corum does. And then you open up that playbook. You find times to do a double pass, a flea flicker, the play actions there. Find those spots where you can you know try to find Roman Wilson or your tight ends. Um, I think lean on that that game plan and his assistance will draw draw it up with Sharon Moore, but. Lean on that running game and find times where JJ can have his moment, man. I, I think he's got some big throws in this game coming up. So I think lean on your game plan and, and your strength, which is your offense and that that running running attack. Yeah, I think the key for Michigan's offense and arguably Michigan as a team in this game is winning the time of possession and and sticking to their their roots, their DNA, their you know, run the football keep Washington's offense off the field. Washington's offense cannot score points if they're not on the field. Wear down the Washington defense. Three, four, five, maybe even six yards per carry. Seven-minute touchdown drives. You know, we had that huge drive against Ohio State at the end that killed off most of the clock. You're going to have to have a lot of long drives against this Washington defense to keep Penix off the field. I think that's huge. Um, So keep, yeah, because Washington is going to score points. But if Michigan just wears down the clock, they won't be on the field. So that that's huge. You wrote down special teams. I think that's that's going to be key. We saw what Michigan did against Alabama. They were super sloppy. So that's another thing for me is if Michigan is, plays what you know the turnover-free, clean football games that we're used to seeing them play this year, that's a huge advantage. Uh, and, and if they come out sloppy again, it's going to keep Washington in this football game. Yeah, I, I think it more so goes on the Michigan side. Like Washington. They're going to score points, kick extra points, not field goals. They got a solid punter. They did have a, a muff punt last week, so just make sure that you know you get the right guy back there. They know what they're doing. But for Michigan, you're wearing the clock here, and you you come up a little bit short or something. You got to be able to make your kicks. You got to get the extra points. Um, don't give like we're saying this time of possession. 
you know, no, no interceptions or fumbles, but more so like, let's say you finally stop a panics or he's, he's gotten rolling, you stop him and you muff a punt like that momentum and type of possession. That's the back breaker they can't have mm-hmm. that they can't allow for in this game for Penix to score quick or, or get over a mistake or something. So I think a big thing, you know, after that Alabama game is, hey, know what you're doing on the punt returns. We can't drop them. Let them go if they're going. Because when you stop Washington, you got to be able to keep them off the field then and not give them that, that second chance at life. So I think big thing is is the punt return game. And the kicker, I know he missed the extra, the, you know, extra point was his fault with the field goal, but points could be at a premium and it could be the difference when Washington might be scoring in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And I think it it could come down to either who has the ball last or who has turnovers in key moments or turnovers in general. Uh, JJ can't throw a pick in this game. Penix can't throw a pick in this game. Quorum can't fumble. Dylan Edwards has to hold on to the football. No muff punts, like you said. Both team, And I know that's obvious to say, but we didn't see it from either team in, in, in the semifinal matchup. So we, we need to see both teams take care of the football. You'd almost want the punt return turners to be just overly cautious because a muffed punt is way worse than, you know, him running up and, and, and Morgan trying to catch a ball on the run and save five yards. Like, hey, mm-hmm. you might just say, let it drop. If we lose mm-hmm. 15, we lose 15, but we keep the ball. And, you know, the one at the end of the game, it's like, hey, that's over your head. Let it go. They down at the one, they down at the one. And, and for Washington, same thing. Hey, we want a big play in the special teams game, but maybe you're cautious. You're like, hey, fair catch it if it's even close. Like, don't don't try to do that. And same thing for the flip side of, we saw that big penalty at Washington on the, you know, running in the uh, fair catch interference. Nothing like that either. Like, mm-hmm. be so cautious on both sides because you don't want that to be the reason that this game is a three-point game. And it's because, hey, we had that, you know, that dumb mistake or that back-breaking drop and they kicked the field goal to win because we gave them the ball back. Yeah. Taking care of the football, mistake-free, no dumb penalties, all keys in every football game, but certainly the national championship game uh, for sure. Any other, any other matchups you're looking at before we make some predictions? I mean, you, you could give, maybe give an edge to Harbaugh, a little bit more of a veteran coach. This staff, multiple guys who have coaches, head coaches. DeBoer's a little bit younger, rising through the ranks, and, and his guys. Um, so it's kind of that, you know, battle-tested Michigan who's been, you know, close to the mountaintop and at this point, and first time this high up for DeBoer and his team. So they give the edge to Harbaugh. It's a short week versus they just spent like mm-hmm. a month preparing for the mm-hmm. last game. Does that change anything? You know, not that many injuries. You know, Dylan Johnson's a big one, but are guys healthy? Can you, you know, flip quick? So just very different game plans than they they faced, you know, Texas for Washington and Alabama for Michigan. Just different teams. So a quick switch to to look at this new one in, in a shorter week compared to the last uh, bowl prep. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, both teams did some advanced scouting. Not that type of advanced scouting, but scouting ahead of time on both teams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Scouting ahead of time on both teams before the semifinal matchups, but still, yeah, short week with you know in terms of like full preparation for for Washington and for Michigan. Uh, so I think you give the advantage there for Harbaugh, but Kalen DeBoer, man, he he's a coach on the rise. I think he's very underrated nationally. Obviously, now not he's in the national championship game, but uh, certainly a coach that's on the rise and someone to watch moving forward. Uh, I think he has a really, really, really bright future. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled on him. But that that. I would give the advantage to Harbaugh and his staff versus the Boer in uh, his staff, but it's close. You know, both teams are really well coached. All right, you want to get into to some predictions? Let's do it. All right, let's start with the over under. Uh, it's fifty five and a half. Like I said, you can get minus one ten odds for for either. 
I think they're both pushing 30. At least one gets over 30. I'm going to take I'm going to take the over in this one. I think I pushed mm-hmm. last week at the over in the Alabama Michigan game that hit and then I took the under in the Washington game which was stupid. Um and that that ended up hitting as well. So, um I want I want some points here. Those are going to be defensive stuff. Um but I want I want the points. I think they hit the over of 55 and a half. Okay. Like it. I'm 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 on the over as well. I think uh I think both teams can score 30. Um I I was on the under for Alabama, Michigan. It went over because it went to overtime. And then I was on the over for Texas, Washington. So we both split the semifinal games. What about some props? I mean, steady hand, man. You can't miss him. Blake Corm to score. I mean, this guy yep. just got knows the end zone. I think most ever rushing and everything at Michigan, all the records he's got. Um, just ground and pound, long drives down the goal line. He's he, he sure handed. So I like him to find Pater. And I like JJ two two plus passing touchdowns. I like him to find his spots and find his guys. Um, so I'm big on JJ two plus there. And then on the Washington side, he hit last week. I think he does it again. McMillan, it's kind of that mm. third guy for them in that three headed monster. And he, he, if he wins his matchups, he's usually a, he's probably the best third wide out in the country. So McMillan to score, Pennix three plus passing touchdowns. If they're going to win, it's going to be him just lighting it up through the air. And then maybe sprinkle Dylan Johnson to score. He might get good odds with the injury, but he's still their number one running back. So um, a lot of guys to score and, and uh, you know, a couple of trusted guys like Corum. I like, okay. I like him. I like Corum two plus touchdowns. I actually have the odds here. That's plus 150 on DraftKings right now. Uh, Corum three touchdowns is plus 450. That's, that's a dumb bet. That's really bad odds. Um, I like JJ McCarthy rushing touchdown plus 205. Uh, and then on the the Washington side, I also um, I have some of the passing props here. So I think Penix two hundred ninety one point five. I'm taking the over passing yard number there. I think he gets it. I also I also like wow Penix is minus two forty to throw a pick. That is really staggering to me. Uh, JJ's plus one hundred five to throw a pick. Okay, I was gonna say Penix take that, but that the odds just aren't aren't good, so I don't like that. Um, I like Corum over 105.5 rushing yards. I think he has a, a huge game to cap off kind of his his Michigan legacy, go down as an all-time great. Um, and then I think Donovan Edwards under 15 and a half rushing or passing yards is is they just haven't used him as much. So I don't think he's gonna get 16 passing yards. Um and then maybe maybe throw in and I'm doing a lot here, but Roman Wilson touchdown anytime receiving that would be plus 130 i like that as well and then yeah i think a dunes scores that's minus 130 for for washington that's a lot but if you can't tell i think it's going to be a high scoring game i'm on, I'm on all yeah. these overs except donovan edwards i'm on the under yeah i i like odunze too because they found mcmillan uh last week a couple other guys and odunze had you know 100 plus yards but didn't find pater um he's obviously their top target you're gonna double him if you can but um he'll, he'll find his openings and if he finds one near the end zone uh he's pretty sure-handed yeah i still part of me like just trust this michigan secondary and i what uh, what do you got spread money line i'll talk about it in my prediction all right I've been on them all year. I'm going to take them again. I'm not fading the Huskies, but I'm on Michigan Moneyline, man. Like this, this team is just, they've showed everything to point me towards a win than anything not. Just for everything off the field, on the field, performance. I'm on them, but I'm on them all year. I will take 
Washington to cover four and a half. I think that's too big of a gap, and I think it'll be close. I think more of like a 31-28 over cashes, but Michigan wins and uh, Washington covers. So I think four and a half is a lot of points for an undefeated Washington. That's been kind of disrespected, but I am on Go Blue to win it all. All right, there it is. I am on Michigan money line. I think Michigan gets it done, minus 185. And I think I think Michigan covers the four and a half as well. A uh, bit of a reverse logic, but I think the public money is going to be on Washington plus four and a half yet again. And I think it's going to be like Michigan's done all year where the public money's against them on the spread and, and they get it done and cover. Uh, Vegas, made, ma- Vegas made an absolute payday. Uh, they made a boatload of cash on the Alabama-Michigan game. And I think... I think Michigan's going to come out, and I, I, like I was alluding to earlier, just, just a few minutes ago, I know I'm on all these overs for Penix, I'm on the over for the game, and I think Washington could score points. I also think there's a world where Michigan shuts them down. I mean, this this secondary is world-class. Uh, it's the best defense in the country. It's the best secondary in the country. And I think there's, there's, there is a really good chance that, not maybe not a really good chance, but I think there's a chance that Michigan holds them to under 21 points. Maybe they maybe they score seventeen, and if Washington becomes so one dimensional that you know Michigan knows, and Penix isn't super mobile, it's not like you have to worry about him the way you do Milrow. There could be a chance where Michigan just just shuts him down, and you know it's not like Michigan hasn't faced really good wide receivers before. I mean they've played Ohio State three straight years with you know especially in twenty one and twenty two where they had you know NFL receivers at every position on the field. And Michigan held them, and they won those football games in bend-don't-break situations. Uh, this year, they had you know not as good of a quarterback, but they still had Marvin Harrison Jr. and Abuka, who were NFL guys, and and they you know they held them. And, and this Michigan secondary, except for except for Josh Wallace, who transferred over from UMass, it's all guys that have, have played against last year or two years ago really good Ohio State teams. So Michigan's Michigan's defense is kind of built to play against these teams like this, like Washington and. I think there's a good chance that Michigan just dominates the line of scrimmage, runs for five, six yards per carry. And I don't want to disrespect Washington because they 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 live for people like me disrespecting them. Uh, and I I don't mean this as any slight to Washington. I just I want to speak to how good Michigan I think how good of a team I think Michigan is. Um, and everything's leading to this for Michigan. Not that it isn't for Washington, but it's all kind of culminating. Um, and I do think this Michigan team is truly, truly great, truly historic, and I think they are deserving of a championship. Both teams are championship caliber, but I think Michigan uh, is just that much better. And I think they get it done. I think they cover. Uh, But I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. I'm going to be super nervous. Obviously, I'm already nervous. Uh, Biggest game uh, in my Michigan fan lifetime, for sure. Never thought I'd see this day. So really nervous, but I I think Michigan gets it done. They win and they cover. They're the favorite. They're four and a half point favorites. Yeah, we'll see where the sharp money is versus the public money. <laughs> like you said for last week, you can't count out Washington because they've been counting out all year and they've made it to this point. But we're both on uh, on Michigan here. And, you know, like you said, these guys, if they get this done, man, could could be arguably the best Michigan team of all time just with everything that's oh, yeah. happened, everything they've been through for multiple years and Harbaugh. And just it seems like it's for both teams, it's led to this moment. And there's a neutral fan still at the end of the day. I can't ask for much more. It's a great matchup, an awesome defense um, versus this electric Penix offense and the Washington Huskies and two different programs. You know, they're coming to the Big Ten, but, you know, Midwest, uh, Pacific Northwest and and West Coast, so much fun, uh, neutral site. It's nice. Like the Texas had won, you know, they might have had a little bias in terms of being in Houston, but 
Um, you know, fair for both teams to get down there, fans to get down there. I think Michigan is going to travel very well. I think Washington will still travel um, pretty pretty solidly as well. Um, so excited to see the color matchups um, down there, a sold-out crowd. And you just want a great game. So I'm excited mm-hmm. for this one. I think it's an even match and, and excited to watch on Monday night. Yeah, you mentioned everything with Michigan. Just like I've, I've said this, and we've said this on the podcast, like for, for the past month or two, like how many teams – could go through what Michigan has gone through and you can say it's self-inflicted, whatever, but I don't think the players had had any, you know, say in the sign stealing stuff. How many teams could have gone through all of that distraction off the field? Coach gets suspended while you're in route to a game, biggest game of the year on the road. How many teams could have gone through that and continue to win football games and look great in the process? I don't think there's many, uh, if not any. Uh, outside of Michigan. And it just speaks to their veteran leadership. Um, they're a veteran-led team. These guys are so mature. Uh, they're absolutely locked in, man. And I think they're the best team in the country, and I think they're going to get it done. I think they're Michigan's going to win a national championship. And I think if that happens, uh, well, I think it would be one of the best days of my life. I think I could die happy, for being honest. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Michigan gets it done. Um, but I, I'm excited yeah. and nervous all at the same time. I mean, with all the outside talk for them, they they get this final win. It'll it'll put everything to bed. They'll, they'll have let all the naysayers talk. They'll let them know. They'll let them know. And hey, I mean, Paul Feinbaum was praising Michigan on ESPN Airwaves the other day, and I never thought I'd see the day. So if Michigan <laughs> actually wins the whole thing, whew, I mean, a lot of people eating crow. A lot of people eating crow, especially at ESPN. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great game. We're both on Michigan, but I'm I'm looking forward to a good one. I think it'll be close. Um rooting for the over and for points, but timely timely uh possessions, controlling the clock and don't making those mistakes. So I think it'll be huge that turnover battle and, and who can come up big on defense on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um but just excited. It's it's led to this point though. It's finally here. Felt like at the beginning of the year like we're like Michigan's expectation is to make it to the playoff and hopefully make it to the championship. So it's like, hey, like this is what they've worked all year for is mm-hmm. Monday night. They've been top two all year, and they're getting their chance. They've everything has led to this. They've been working since they lost the Fiesta Bowl. Everyone came back, and and yeah, it's their time to shine. Still, can't disrespect Washington. They're a great team, and, and they have at every opportunity to win this game. Would not be surprised in any in any situation uh, or in any way if Washington wins this game. So, two deserving teams, two outstanding football teams, uh, and hopefully, hopefully, we get a good game. Hopefully we get a good game. 100%. 100%. That's all we can ask for. And all the East Coast folks, too. It's starting a little bit earlier. So they yeah. should be a lot. <laughs> 7.30 Eastern. Perfectly fine time to start a football game. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the natty. Uh, you got anything else before we get out? That's it. That's it. It's been a, a heck of a year. Um, some great, you know, it's still a really great bowl season. Two epic playoff games already. So open for a third here. And we'll see who's crowned champion come Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. Hell of a college football season. So many storylines, so many intriguing games, and it's all going to culminate on Monday night. So we will be back with a recap next week. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Hope you guys feel feel ready for the game on Monday now. Um, and you know, with that, enjoy the game on Monday, and we'll catch you guys uh, for the recap after it. Peace out. Peace out.